Thanks for tuning in to the New Cove Podcast. Subscribe to get a new sermon right to your device each week. For more information or to reach out to someone, go to newcove.com. Now enjoy this sermon. Hey, good morning, and uh, it is so, so good to see all of you. And to those of you that are joining us online, thank you so much for uh, joining us as well. Hey, how'd you like that video of the uh, prayer at the schools? Wasn't that awesome? Oh, that was just great. Thank you, New Cub, for making that, that happen. I got to be honest, though, I was a little jealous as I saw, like, the team at Fort Miller Middle School. They had food. It was like, wow, nobody told me that we could have food, you know? I, we'd have had all kinds of food at Kirk Elementary if I'd have known that. Hey, but you know what, though? We did have food. We had spiritual food. We had Jesus on our side. So did they, though. But, you know, I just thought... The, uh, the watermelon looked great, and I thought, man, that would have been refreshing yesterday. That would have been awesome to have a little bite of that watermelon. Well, it, it is so good to see all of you today, and so grateful and so thankful for all of you and your faithfulness in serving Jesus and following Jesus, especially in a time like this. In the time that we are living in, I believe more than ever before that you know what Jesus wants from us? It's not your money. It's not your things. You know what he wants? He wants your heart. He wants all of your heart. And I believe that uh, we are in those times where he is saying that uh, it's really time for us to continue. And you're doing, this, uh, doing a great job of doing this, but to really surrender your heart to him. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about the Good Shepherd. We're going to continue our sermon series on the parables. And uh, last, last week, Pastor Josh Manning did just a fantastic job of speaking on the parable of the two sons that is found in Matthew chapter 21. And if you missed the service last week, I would encourage you to go back and you can watch online and you can watch Pastor Josh's message. It will challenge you, it will encourage you, it will inspire you. And so, if, again, if you missed the service, I would encourage you to catch that, that message Well, today we're looking at the story of the Good Shepherd that's found in John chapter 10. And so if you will turn to John chapter 10, we'll we'll look at that in a minute. But uh, the Good Shepherd in this story represents who Jesus is and what Jesus does and how much Jesus cares for you and how much he cares for me. And not only does he represent the Good Shepherd, but uh, you represent his sheep. Smelly, stinky at times, you know what I'm saying? I was like bummed out, you know, I started reading that, you know, I thought, I thought it was good, I thought it was pure and clean and, you know, smelt good, and, but then <laughs> you get to thinking about how sheep act and how, and, and how they smell at times, if you've ever been around them, I, I tend to be a little smelly, but, but thank, thank the Lord that he loves me and that he embraces me and that he embraces you, he embraces us just as we are. So let me give you just a, a, a little clearer picture of... Uh, what Jesus is meaning in this story of the good shepherd and his flock. It is helpful to understand, first of all, uh, the behavior of sheep. And if you've been around sheep, uh, you know some of their behavior. But of all the domestic animals, sheep are the most, the most helpless. Isn't that interesting how Jesus uses sheep in this story because they are the most helpless? Sheep will spend their entire day grazing and wandering from place to place. Uh, someone said, that sounds like you, Mikey Mike grazing all day long and just kind of wandering around, you know, and eating other people's food. <laughs> so don't leave your food out this morning because I may graze on over to where you're at. By nature, sheep are followers. If 
the lead sheep steps off a cliff, the others will follow. Sheep are totally dependent upon the shepherd who watches over them. So close was the bond of the shepherd and his sheep that the shepherd could call his sheep by name. And when they heard the shepherd's call, they would follow him and he would take great care of them. He would, he would lead them out into green pastures. He would lead them out into the fields where, where the best grazing could happen because he took great care of them. Now, there were two sheep pens back in the ancient days, and if the shepherds lived in their villages or uh, some of the cities, there was a large, large sheep pen that was uh, available for the shepherds to bring their flocks in at night. And so several of those uh, uh, several uh, sheep flocks would be housed in a large sheep pen. And in the morning, the shepherds would come, and there could have been several shepherds that were coming at the same time to get their sheep. And they would begin to call out the name of their own sheep, even in the midst of all the other flocks. Yet the shepherd would call, and the sheep would follow him out into the green pastures. That's how close the bond was with, with his sheep. And now there was a, a smaller uh, sheep pen that was out in, the, out in the countryside. And so if the weather was nice and if the seasons were nice, then the shepherd would spend his, a lot of time out in the countryside. And he would need a pen at night, obviously, to house, house his flock. That smaller pen really was just a circle of, of uh, rocks that made a wall that protected the sheep from wild animals. Here's the interesting part um, of that small pin. There was, there was no door, there was no gate that could protect the sheep from these wild animals. And so what would happen then, the shepherd at night would lead his sheep into this small pen. And then what the shepherd would do, because that was his livelihood, those sheep belonged to him. He invested his entire life into caring for the sheep. He would then lay himself down at the entrance of the small pen. Basically, what he was doing was laying his life down for his sheep to protect his sheep from any wild animals that would try to come in and that would try to kill his flock. Isn't it so much like Jesus that he lays his life down for you and for me because he cares for us and because the bond that we have with him, that he loves us so much, that he protects us from the enemy. He protects us from, from evil forces. Well, let's stand together and let's read John chapter 10. And uh, we'll read uh, verses 1 through 10. Hey, wasn't worship great this morning? Just amen to that. Just awesome. We're so blessed to have a, a team that, that loves Jesus. Well, let's look at verses 1 through 10. He says, I tell you the truth, Jesus is saying here, I tell you the truth, the, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs over some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. Isn't it interesting? Jesus is really stressing that his sheep know his voice, that we as his people, if we stay close to him, that we know his voice. Really, he's really driving that point home. 
And when he has brought out all his own sheep, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate. I am the door for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. He stresses again that he is the gate. He is the door to protection. He is the door and the gate to salvation. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it full. Father, we pray now that you would lead us and guide us, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen, and you may be seated. So here's your first fill-in. The voice of the good shepherd goes before us. John chapter 10, verse 4 says, When he had brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, because of the relationship that the shepherd had with his sheep, they know his voice. Because you and I have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we know his voice when he calls us. When he is calling our name and he calls out to us, we recognize the voice of the Lord. We recognize the Savior's voice because of that relationship with him. But today we're being bombarded by all kinds of voices, aren't we? We hear this one voice, and we hear that voice, and we hear voices from another group of people, and here's another group of people that are constantly saying things, and, and the voices become overwhelming at times. Even like, who do you believe? What do you believe? Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's really the right voice? Well, really, the right voice is the voice of the Good Shepherd. The voice of the Lord is the right voice because he is the truth, and his voice speaks the truth because he is the truth. Psalms 23, verses 2 to 3 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. See, Jesus is leading you. Jesus is leading me. He is leading us. And he speaks to us, and he leads us in the right paths. So he's not leading you into destruction. He's not leading you over a cliff, but he leads us in the right paths. Jesus is not driving us, but he's leading us. Isn't this interesting? There's an interesting fact here that the shepherd in the uh, Eastern culture would lead his sheep. He was not driving them, but he was leading them. And as he was leading them, he was constantly calling their name. He was constantly making noises. The reason he would do this is because, as we said earlier, they recognized his voice, and he would keep them together. And that way they were protected, and he led them into fields of green pastures. So Jesus is leading us in the right direction. Here's what he's asking you and I to do, is to follow him. To follow him, to hear his voice, and to continue to give our hearts to him as he leads us. Pre-COVID, I was making uh, a hospital visit over to St. Agnes to visit one of our church members that uh, was recovering from surgery. 
And I had gone over to pray with them, and as I had finished the visit, I was headed out uh, into the hallway to make my way back to the church. And I walked by a certain room, and it was like the voice of the Lord so impressed into my heart that I was supposed to stop and to pray with the person in that room, that I was supposed to go in and pray with them. And uh, I, I could almost hear this audible voice, and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I don't know who the person is in there. I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to be humiliated. And I started to listen to all these negative voices like, you don't want to go in there because you don't know that person. They don't want you in there. And you know what? You're going to get kicked out. So I continued to walk. And I thought, no, I'm not going. I'm listening to all these negative voices that are overwhelming me. So as I continued to walk down the hallway, all of a sudden, it was like the Lord said again, Mike, I need you to go back, to go into that room, and to pray with that person. And I said this, Lord, you don't understand. I'm just like in my heart. I'm going, I'm having this argument with the Lord. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. You don't understand. I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to get thrown out of that room. Great, I got kicked out of a room today. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. So I continued to walk, just about to push the, the button on the elevator, and all of a sudden, this time, the voice seemed stronger in my heart. And it was like the Lord said, Mike, I need you to go back into that room and pray with that person. So I just said, okay, Jesus, I'll do it. You know what I did? I said, okay, in my heart, I'll do it. I wanted to say, just get off my back. I'll do it for you. But I didn't go that far. You know, I was like, I'm still alive. I'm here today. Right? So I went back in, knocked on the door, and I heard a voice said, come in. I walked in. Obviously, the person looked at me like, who are you? And I said, um, my name is Mike Chastain. I'm a pastor at New Covenant Community Church. As I was, as I was walking by, by your room, I was impressed. I, you know, if I just said God told me, they probably really would have thrown me out. I was impressed to come by and to pray for you today. And the person began to share their story. They began to share the diagnosis that they had been given. And the prognosis of the report that this person had been given did not look good at all. In fact, it was very bleak, to be honest with you. At the end of them sharing their story, I said to the person, would it be okay with you if I prayed with you? The person said, I would like that. I began to pray and just ask God during my prayer time to help me to pray the right things, to say the right things, because I know this person was in a bad spot. At the end of my prayer, we finished, and the person said to me, thank you. Thank you so much for coming today. Your visit and your prayer I'll never forget. You don't know how much the visit has meant to me today. I left. i got to be honest with you. I don't, ever, I don't know whatever happened to that person. God didn't tell me to go back and see that person. But I don't know what happened. But I do know this. As I was making my way uh, out to get in my truck to come back to the office, I was so thankful, so thankful that I listened to the voice of the shepherd that I'd listened to the voice of Jesus that pointed me in the right direction. 
If I had, had not listened to him, I'd have missed it. They'd have missed it. And I believe this. Because I listened to the voice of the Lord, that that person was blessed, not by me, but was blessed by Jesus himself. See, many times people will say, how? How do you hear the voice of the Lord? How do I know it's the voice of the Lord? You know, how do you, how do you know that, Pastor Mike? I'm sitting here today, and you're talking about the voice of the Lord. How do I recognize and know his voice? Write this down in your notes. Read the Bible. It sounds a lot like God. <laughs> Read the Bible. Be consistent in reading the Bible because it sounds a lot like God. The more disciplined I am to read his word, the more disciplined I am to stay in the word, I believe this, the louder and the clearer that I hear his voice. When I start to ignore reading the word, when I, when I stop doing the, my devotions, when I get lazy and undisciplined in, in doing the things I need to do, I believe his voice becomes a little quieter. But if I'm consistent in doing this and reading this, I hear his voice. I hear his voice for direction. I hear his voice for wisdom. I hear his voice for whatever I need because you know what? It's here. So let's look at uh, point number two. Let's look at your second fill in. So read the Bible. It sounds a lot like God. Here's the second point. The voice of the good shepherd protects us. John chapter 10, verse 7 through 8 says this. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep, and all who come before me are thieves and robbers, but, sheep, but the sheep have not listened to them. Remember, we talked about that small pin that, as Jesus said, he is the gate, he is the door that protects his sheep. Psalm 23, verse 4 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's the promise from God, that even in our darkest and lowest times, even in our darkest times in life, he is with us. He will never leave you nor forsake you, even in the death of a loved one, even in the loss of a job, even in the news of a bad health report, even when life is spinning out of control, here is the promise that he is with you. And at the darkest points of your life, the Lord is with you, that he's watching over you, that he's protecting you. Here's one of my favorite verses. is Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, and the flames will not set you ablaze. Isn't that a great promise today? I don't know what you're going through, what you may be facing, or what's happening in your life, but here is a promise from God that he is constantly with you, that he is leading you, that he's guiding you, that he's watching over, and not just you, but he's watching over your family as well, that he's taking great care of them. Several years ago, uh, I was privileged to uh, lead a young adults team to uh, Germany, and we were working with an American missionary, and what the American missionary was doing was helping plant uh, Christian ministries on the university campuses throughout the country of Germany. And we just happened to be in this, uh, at the University of Hamburg, and what we would do is that we would do ministry during the day and reach out to the 
uh, students that were attending uh, the university. And then that, in the evening time, we would uh, hold services and then uh, you know, just connect with some of the students that were there. And so this one evening, as we finished uh, doing ministry, I, I hopped on the train and got to uh, the end of where my uh, train ended. And at the end of this line, uh, there was a huge McDonald's. And it was always uh, busy with people coming and going. It was, just a, it was just a happening place. And I would have to walk through the McDonald's to get to my bus stop because then the, uh, the bus I caught would take me basically to almost my front door of the place that I was staying. Well, this one evening after we got done doing ministry, I, I did my uh, usual routine, hopped on the train, ended up at McDonald's, but this evening there was hardly anybody at that McDonald's. And I thought, okay, something's not right. Maybe food poisoning, I don't know. It was hardly, there was hardly anybody there. And so I got off the train, walked through the McDonald's, and I went over to my bus stop, and I noticed that there were no buses running. In fact, there were no taxis, and it seemed like a ghost town. Now, I got to be honest with you. I didn't go, great, thank you, Jesus. I got nervous. I got scared, and uh, I'm, I'm looking all around. I'm going like, man, what is going on here? I noticed a young German couple that was walking quite fast, and I walked up to them, and I said, Sprechense English, and they said, nein, nein, and I asked again, I said, Sprechense English, and they said, nein, and, and I finally uh, asserted myself, to be honest with you, and I said to them, I said, listen, I know you speak English. You speak English better than I speak German. I speak no German at all, and they, fi they finally said, Okay, we do speak some English. And I said, uh, I wanted to go, great. But anyway, I, I showed him my I said, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. Here's my address. Here's my map. And uh, they, they looked at everything, and they pointed me in what they thought was the right direction. So I, I followed the directions, dark as it could be, and now I am really scared to death. And I'm praying and asking God to protect me. And as I'm walking, I walked right into some tear gas. My eyes started burning. I thought, why are my eyes burning? Why are my eyes watering? You know, I know I'm not crying just to be crying because I'm lost, but my eyes were basically on fire. And so I noticed a German policeman, big, burly guy, standing there, and he was looking around, and I walked up to him, and the wrong guy to go to, to be honest. I walked to him and I said, Sprechense English. And the guy just went off on me. And I said, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. And the guy just started, the guy just chewed me out. Now, to his defense, maybe he was protecting me, trying to say, get out of here. I, but I don't have the gift of interpretation, so I don't know what he was saying. And it was, <laughs> it was probably good that I did not have the gift of interpretation at that time. So... Uh, as he's, as he's you know, just roaring at me like a lion, another police officer came up, and he said, I speak English. What can I help you with? And I said, I'm lost. I don't know how to go. I wanted to say, Mommy, Mommy. <laughs> and he began to uh, look at my address, looked at my map, and he said, listen, we need to get you out of here as quickly as possible. I said, what happened? 
He said, we're fighting with the homeless. We're fighting with the squatters. And what was happening was the squatters were moving into these empty uh, buildings. And, and really what they were doing, it was making, kind of making their homes in there, but they were destroying these buildings. And um, they were trying to get them out. And so a big riot had broke out. There were a couple vans flipped over on the side. Uh, there were some taxis that had been flipped over on their sides as well. And he said, we're going to get you out of here, but here's what I need you to do. I need you to follow me. I need you to stay close to me. I need you to stay right on me and listen for everything that I'm, I'm telling you. Just listen to my directions. And I said, okay. And he said, the other officer will walk by your side, and we're, we're going to get you out of here. We're going to protect you. And I began to follow them. Now, I don't believe we walked all that far, but for me, it seemed like miles. And, and he kept talking to me, and he kept reassuring me. He kept reassuring me with, like, you're going to be fine. We're going to get you out of here. Stay close to me. And then all of a sudden, he said, you're fine now. You're in a safe area. Well, as I followed him, and he kept saying, stay close to me, I wanted to say, I'm in your back pocket. How much closer can I get? But here we were as we walked out of of this area. See, I believe this, that not only does God speak through us through his word, but he also speaks through us through people, and that people encourage us, people support us, people help us along the way. I believe more than ever, and I want you to write this down in your notes. Here's the application. Be consistent in attending church. Be consistent in attending worship together, because it is through worship, it is through fellowship that we support and protect and support one another, that we encourage one another. I want to encourage you uh, after the service, if you've not signed up to be a part of uh, one of our Connect groups that's going to be meeting this fall, that you drop by the Connect table and see either Lisa Ferrier or Pastor Jared and get some information on how you can get connected to one of our Connect groups. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 25, uh, 10 through 25 says this, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the writer is telling us it's so important, even more, even as a, in the time that we're living in, that we gather, that we worship, and we have fellowship together. Well, here's your third and final point. Here's your third fill-in. The voice of the Good Shepherd saves us. Here's the beauty of who Jesus is. The more, I'm going to say this right, the more I fall in love with Jesus, the more precious he is. Does that make sense? The more that I give my heart to him, the more real he becomes. And the more he desires, the more I want to give to him because he's awesome, he's amazing, especially When I fail or when we fall, Jesus saves us and sets us on the right road to redemption. Jesus paid the price for our release from sin and its punishment. His death was an exchange for our life. Jesus came to give us life and life to its fullest. John 10, verse 10 and 11 says, The thief came only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it to its full. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for you and for me and for us. So how does he save us? Write this down. Put your hand in his hand. Oh, that was deep. Put your hand in his hand. Trust the Lord to save you. Trust the Lord to rescue you. Trust the Lord to redeem you. Trust him to put you on the right path. Well, this morning, our focus has been on listening to the voice of the shepherd. And again, I don't know what you may be facing or going through or what you're dealing with, but I know his heart is to put you on the right path. Let me ask you this question. Maybe you're here today. Do you know the voice of the good shepherd? Do you recognize his voice when he calls when he calls your name. Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with, eat, come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. Do you know the voice as he knocks on that door? Here's the second thing. Has the static or the volume of the world that we're in today? Has the volume or the static of the world been drowning out the voice of the Lord? Maybe his voice is quieter because of all the static, all the noise, all the junk that you may be dealing with is tending to drown out his voice. This past week, Pastor Scott Borman shared this amazing quote with me, and here's what Pastor shared. To hear God's voice, you must turn down the world's volume. So what voice do you need to turn down or to turn off to clearly hear the voice of the Lord? Or maybe you're here today and you've been faithful. This last year and a half, boy, we all have faced challenges, haven't we? We've all been in it together. We've all gone through stuff that we've never gone through before. And you've been faithful. You're enduring. You're pressing in. And you've been consistent in reading the word and following the word. And you've been consistent in attending church and attending a fellowship and growing together. And yet, yet life is still difficult. Life is still a challenge. And the pressures of this world can be overwhelming to us. That even to the point that it tends to pull us back, that it tends to drag us down. And yet, you're continuing to fight the good fight that you're continuing to run the race to win. And maybe today, you just need someone to pray with you, someone to come alongside of you, encourage you, that maybe through the voice of the Good Shepherd, someone speaks in and through to someone today to lift you up. And so this morning, what we'd like to do, our pastors would love to partner with you today, that maybe you don't know the voice of the Lord, and maybe this is the day that you answer the knock. Or maybe, as I said, the voices of the world, the static, the static of the world has been so loud in your ear that you can hardly hear the Savior calling your name. Or you know what? Maybe you're just tired. And yet you've been faithful. You've been faithful. And you're, you're pressing in. And yet life has been a challenge and you just want someone to pray with you, what we want to do is partner with you today. We want to partner with you through prayer. We want to partner with you through 
words of encouragement and to support you so that you continue to hear the voice of the Lord, that you continue to follow him in the right paths as he leads you in the right direction. So would you do me a favor this morning? Would you stand with me? And as we stand this morning, I, I really want to encourage you to feel safe enough that if you need prayer today, that you come up and that you pray because, as I said, we want to partner with you this morning. We want to come alongside of you. We want the Lord to encourage you and to help you. And so this morning, I'm going to invite our pastors to come. I'm going to pray, and uh, I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Todd to lead us in a song, and he'll close the service. Father, thank you. Thank you for this great day. And I pray that even now that those voices that would keep us from coming forward to, to ask for prayer, Father, that we would ignore those things. And Father, that we would feel safe enough to come and to be prayed with as we partner together in Jesus' name. Amen.